Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now, here we go, maniacs. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. Sports Yak is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Here's Chuck and Corey. What, what do they don't use their last names now? They're, they're that popular, they just go Chuck and Corey? No, they're not that popular. Use your last names, guys, for a couple of years at least. Coming to you from the mothership in South Bend, Indiana. Welcome to Sports Yak episode number 87. This would be the Sidney Crosby episode. Go on. The great Pittsburgh Penguins player who was known as Sid the Kid when he came up. Kind of a polarizing figure. As a hockey fan, you either love him or hate him, but certainly can't deny the talent and has been a formidable force in leading the Penguins to a number of Stanley Cups. Your favorite hockey player of all time. Ooh, of all time, my favorite hockey player. Wow. Uh... We you can know, come back to this when I well no, the Espositos Phil and Tony I was I was captivated as a kid that these two brothers were both NHL players and Phil was a big goal scorer and Tony was a goalie and I could just picture these guys going at each other and making each other better when they were kids and then getting to the National Hockey League on the same team. Uh, for a little bit of their career, yes, but most of the time, Phil was with Boston and Tony was with Chicago. Do we want to start local? I think the the Jay Nivey news is kind of a big deal for us. Well, we've got all kinds of local stuff to talk about, so let's start with basketball. Let's start with Jaden Ivey. The Marion star is headed to Purdue. He announced his commitment on Twitter yesterday afternoon, and... He had been recruited by Notre Dame. He had been recruited by Butler, but Purdue was the first one in on him, and Matt Painter recruited him heavily. Matt Painter uh, was a fixture at a number of Marion games last year and went after Jaden Ivey. Jaden is about 6'4", long arms, uh, reminds kind of a combination, if you're a Marion basketball fan, kind of a combination of... Devin Kennedy and Demetrius Jackson. Uh, more of the kind of shooter that Devin Kennedy was, but has those long arms uh, like Demetrius Jackson and uh, a, a good wingspan. Can be an explosive player, get to the hoop well. So he is going to go to Purdue. Um, of course, his mother, Niel Ivy, an assistant coach at Notre Dame. And so some people thought that that's why Notre Dame had an in. 
But I fully expect Neil Ivy is going to be a head coach somewhere in a couple of years. I, I think she's hanging around here so that Jaden can finish his high school career. And then when Jaden moves on to college, I wouldn't be surprised if Neil moves on as well. And who knows, maybe she'll wind up at Purdue as well. Sharon Versip has struggled down there with the women's basketball program. Never know, might wind up being a package deal. But congratulations to Jaden. He is the first kid from our area to get a scholarship offer from Purdue since Brandon McKnight. I shouldn't say an offer, but to commit to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Since Brandon McKnight, who played for LaSalle, which is no longer a high school, back in 2001. Boilermakers had a decent run this past season, and then uh, one more year here. What's What do you think is the main thing this young man's going to bring to the Boilermakers? Well, I think uh, an explosiveness, the ability to be a swing player. He He's going to be a shooting guard. I, I don't see him as a good enough ball handler right now to be the point guard, mm-hmm. but I see him as a shooting guard and somebody who can explode and get to the hoop. Um, similar, I mean... I don't want to compare him with Carson Edwards. Carson Edwards had a terrific career at Purdue. Uh, so I, I don't want to go so far as to make that comparison, but that type of player, that's what they're looking for from him. You said we had a lot of local news, so let's stay local. Well, staying with basketball, let's talk college basketball, and Bethel College has a new head coach. His name is Steve Draben. He played his high school basketball Laporte. I remember a night where I believe he scored either 50 or 51 at Northside Gym, tying Garvin Robertson's Northside Gym record. Uh, a terrific player who most recently was an assistant coach at Division I Lipscomb down in Nashville. They went to the finals of the NIT this year. He was one of five finalists for the job. Uh, I can say without giving anything away because he's a friend of mine and we texted back and forth about this. Craig Heatherly, uh, the former Mishawaka standout, was another finalist who's an assistant coach at North Dakota. So I think it basically came down to both of those guys, both guys with D1 experience, both guys who have never been a head coach before but have been around big-time programs, and, and both who I think when we had Tony Natale in here for episode 83 and he talked about trying to create a culture and trying to create a Christ-centered culture, uh, both of those gentlemen would have been able to do that. But I think uh, Steve, with the success that he enjoyed at Lipscomb, uh, might have had a little bit of an edge over Craig in that. So uh, congratulations to Steve Draben. Be interesting to see what he is able to do with this Bethel program. It's going to be real weird to watch Bethel and Grace play next year and not have either Jim Kessler or a Lightfoot on the sidelines. You know, social media is a weird animal. When they announced the new head coach, he's got a Twitter account. Uh, the switch had not been made to Bethel. It still was very right. Lipscomb. Mm-hmm. And I used that as a, I, I kind of strolled through for a little while, trolled through, strolled through, whatever you want to. You know, it's almost like if somebody were to, you know, listens to this podcast and wants to know more about you, and they take a few minutes to go through your your Twitter. It's like trying to get a glimpse of who you are. Mm-hmm. He was quite the cheerleader for Lipscomb, quite the cheerleader for his own family, family yeah. guy. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope to, I hope that that transcends into the next uh, well, I season. Think it will. I think that's the kind of guy that he is. Yeah. Uh, he's got a, his sister is the head coach at the University of Indianapolis. Uh, Christy Wadrich, who uh, was Kristen, Kristen Draben and was a pretty fair player herself at Laporte. So 
Uh, they've got a, a very good legacy at Laporte, and uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to being closer to home. So that's the uh, that's the basketball component of things right now. Let's talk about a big announcement that came out of the University of Notre Dame earlier this week, and that is this soccer match that they are going to have in July, the first time that there will be a soccer match inside Notre Dame Stadium. And they're bringing in a couple of big dogs. Liverpool FC from the Premier League of English soccer is coming in, and they will take on a team out of uh, Dortmund in the German League. And uh, Dortmund is like an eight-time champ. Borussia Dortmund is an eight-time champ over in Germany. So this should be a terrifically played international match. And then one of the things that they're doing for this match is they are making a natural grass field for them to play on inside Notre Dame Stadium. So what they'll do uh, is they'll cover up the artificial turf with like a plastic tarp. And then uh, I, I'm not sure if it's red-handed. It's, it's one of the turf farms around here will come in and they will they will create a grass field for these guys to play on. But it would not surprise me if they wind up selling out the stadium for this. Really? Oh, I heard uh, Alex on sixteen last night talking about ticket uh, prices up to six hundred dollars. But Corey, you have to understand that there is a base of soccer fans around here. Yeah, a- and Chicago and Indianapolis. Yes, and those people. You know, teams like this don't come over here, and they certainly don't play in South Bend, Indiana. So this is going to be a one-of-a-kind, like, you need to be at this event. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Eight o'clock kickoff? Kickoff? I don't know. What do you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Kickoff. A hot summer night, July 19th? Yeah, but I mean, you know, (laughs) for, for those of us who sat at the Garth Brooks concert on a very cold October night, a hot summer night does not sound all that bad. Do you think you'll go? Um, we'll see. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, but Did any of the kids play soccer? Well, they they played at the MSA level, and then Jeannie played high school soccer. Okay. She made varsity one year. So, yeah, I mean, but we we are not that uh, – I, I can't say that I am into it as much as many other people are around here, but I know the passion people have for it around here. And that's why I'm very confident that I think, you know, the Winter Classic, let's face it, this isn't known necessarily as a hockey community either. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had some good Notre Dame hockey teams, and the Compton gets filled up. But there were 80,000 there for the Winter Classic. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's, you know, close to 80,000 on hand for this thing too. Well, they must have done their homework and research to figure out that someone's going to show up that night. You you look at the venues these people are playing in. I mean, they're going to play at Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, and Notre Dame Stadium. So okay. they're looking to hit some of the iconic American venues, and they're looking at places that hold a lot more than the average soccer stadium does. Hmm. Okay. So I, I think that's going to be a very interesting thing, and, and kudos – to the University of Notre Dame, which the whole reason they put artificial turf into the stadium was to 
be able to expand it and and make it more of a venue for a variety of things. So it's ironic that they have to go back to natural grass for this particular one. But you you think about the kind of events that they've brought in there over the last year. We mentioned the Garth Brooks concert. Yes. The Winter Classic for the NHL. And now this, whereas for many, many years, the only thing that was done inside that stadium were the football games. Yeah, we're about to do another concert announcement, it feels like. I would think so. Mm Mm-hmm. Although I don't know how much time they need to grow the grass for this game on the 19th. So I think squeezing a concert in this summer would be very difficult. Yeah. Or August. Who knows? You you could maybe do something after they take the field. Because they say it only takes about a week to take the field out. Uh, but then you're right on top of football season, too. Um, speaking of football, Notre Dame gets another recruiting commitment Today, they get it from a kid named Alex Peitch, who is the number one rated lawn snapper in America. Boy, it seems like the game is getting more and more specialized every day. Uh, You know, and okay, we're used to punters and kickers. Now we have players who are just the lawn snapper. I mean, he might only go in for what, seven plays, eight plays a game, but he's got to be able to perform in that role, so... When I've watched the NBA draft before, I try to think about this young man who may or may not drive up in the minivan with the rest of his family, sit down in his nice suit with a with a, a manager and maybe a team representative, mom and dad, or uncle, a coach, and then his name is announced, and then there's a gigantic paycheck and a, probably a private jet waiting to take him to the uh, the facility that just recruited him. Well, the line we used this morning on the NFL draft in our Pulse FM sportscast was 32 young men will become millionaires tonight, not because of the Powerball, but because of their power playing ball. And that'll be the case tonight down in Nashville. The NFL draft being held down there, everybody seems to agree that Kyler Murray will be the number one pick going to Arizona, even though they already have a quarterback in Josh Rosen that the new coach Cliff Kingsbury, really big Kyler Murray fan. So he'll go with him. Uh, Nick Bosa, the defensive end out of Ohio State. Many expect the San Francisco 49ers to take him with the second pick. And then the the trading might start with the third pick of the draft. The Jets hold the third pick. Uh, They have a lot of needs. That's why they're the third pick of the draft. But the Washington Redskins, Corey, sit there. Really, right now, their starting quarterback would be Colt McCoy, and that's not a really good starting quarterback. Mm. So do the Redskins try to move up in the draft and get somebody like Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State, uh, the outstanding quarterback there? What about our local teams? The Lions have the eighth pick of the draft. They, too, have a lot of needs, but I could see them trying to get a tight end for Matthew Stafford to throw to. I really like this young man out of Iowa by the name of T.J. Hawkinson, 6'5", 251-pounder. He's, uh, he's probably the best combination of receiving and blocking in a tight end in this draft, and he's somebody that could really help Matthew Stafford and the Lions. So don't be surprised if that's the way the Lions go. The Colts don't pick until 26th, and we've got a poll going right now on our 46 Sports Facebook page and our Twitter page. 
And on the Twitter page, we're asking, which position do you think the Colts will go with? A lot of people, or Mel Kuyper, the draft expert, seems to think that they're going to go with a wide receiver. I tend to think that they'll go with the defensive lineman. And there's a lot of people that think Jerry Tillery, the Notre Dame defensive tackle who's leaving school early, could wind up in Indianapolis. Saw him on a flat screen yesterday at lunchtime talking about his future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you you mentioned the fact that for a lot of these kids, it's a, it's a life-changing thing. Yes. Interesting article on the back page of the South Bend Tribune sports section today uh, by Kristen Hall from the Associated Press, which talks about um, a couple of players, uh, one from Oklahoma and one from Alabama, who have spent draft week helping uh, fill backpacks for hungry children in the Nashville area, the NFL trying to show community service in these towns they go into. Yes. Well, these two particular players, Marquise Brown from Oklahoma and Josh Jacobs from Alabama, both know what it's like to be hungry. They both came from very poor families in urban areas uh, and at times would have to go without meals. And a lot of these young men in the NFL draft, not all of them, but a lot of them come from disadvantaged families. And this is certainly a life-changing situation for them tonight. I love when that stuff gets attention just to see that there's a human side to this. Uh, you know, not that it was football, but basketball. Jimmy Butler's egg hunt yesterday for yeah. his franchise. And the, the, you know, it wasn't candy in the eggs, but it was money and PlayStations and flat screens. And, yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff, just giving back. Love it. Speaking of football, big announcement yesterday on the high school scene, Northwood. Yeah, I saw this on your Twitter. Let's uh, let's hear what you got to say. Yeah, Nate Andrews and Northwood um, kind of forced into a schedule change. Fairfield decided that they didn't want to play Northwood anymore. Fairfield has not won a football game in two years, and they're on the struggle bus. And for them to compete with Northwood right now is probably not realistic. So Fairfield asked to get out of the contract with Northwood. So Northwood had to go find an opponent for week two and kind of tough to do because a lot of teams have contracts already. Uh, So they went fishing around the state and they're going to wind up playing Bishop Chittard out of Indianapolis. Now Chittard and Northwood have a history. They've played three times, all three in the state finals. Chittard has won two of them. Northwood's state title back in 2005 came with a 7-0 win over Indianapolis Chittard. So there's a history there. There's a lot of respect for the program. And Chittard basically just signed a one-year deal. So they're coming up here to Napanee to play Northwood in week two of the season. I asked Nate Andrews yesterday on the phone, I said, well, will you reciprocate? And he goes, we'll have to see how it goes and, and see what else we might be able to put together in week two. But that's kind of a that's a big-time team coming up here because Chittard certainly has a great statewide reputation. It's it's one of the outstanding schools. It's, it's the uh, school where the Martin brothers, uh, Zach and Nick, who both played at Notre Dame and now both play in the NFL, uh, both went to high school. So this is a big-time program coming up here. And, and Nate Andrews, <laughs> he sounded like a coach when I talked to him on the phone yesterday. He 
It's like, I don't think people realize how good these guys are. And, and he'll, he'll try to have Northwood ready, but Chittard will be a huge jump up in competition for Northwood, especially from Fairfield. By the way, could the word Chittard be more of an awkward word to say that doesn't mean what we think it's probably going to mean? I know. It's, it's, named, <laughs> it's named for a bishop. Wow. That served down in Indianapolis. So it's Bishop Chittard High School. That's a tough one, Chuck Freeby. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, That said, uh, also on the high school scene, we're anticipating that in the next week or two, we should get the new sectional alignments for the IHSAA. They redo these every two years, Corey. Mm -hmm. And they redo them based on enrollments. And we've already talked about how there's some shuffling in enrollments. And there will be some shuffling in enrollments. As the Elkhart schools combine in 2020, they'll go from having two 5A schools to one 6A school. And Elkhart going to 6A will knock Valparaiso down to 5A. Because Valparaiso is the 32nd team in enrollment in 6A. So... Elkhart will surpass them. Valparaiso will drop down into 5A. We'll have to see how that affects the alignments around here, too. But everybody kind of waiting to see, okay, how is everything going to get sorted out here? And Pause button real quick. Yeah. The Elkhart school moves into 5A. No, the Elkhart schools, they're both in 5A right now. Now they move into 6A. Right. Who will be some of their big opponents when that does happen? Penn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Penn. That's the big one here locally. Yeah. Okay. And Penn and Warsaw currently are the only 6A teams in our okay. traditional listening area. So Penn usually Penn has wound up in a sectional in the past with teams like uh, Chesterton, Valparaiso, uh, Portage. I think they were in a sectional with Warsaw for a couple of years. In fact, I did a Penn-Warsaw game one year. But uh, so those have been teams that they've traditionally had to go up against in the sectional level. Now they will have Penn and Elkhart will be a traditional sectional rival. Okay. So we'll have to see how that all gets sorted out. And, of course, it, it's not just up here with the big boys, the 6As and the 5As, but how does it trickle on down to 4A, 3A, and, and right on down the list. But that comes out, my understanding is either next week or the week after uh, we should have some movement on that. Pull back the curtain. You're working on your uh, fall season already. When when do you project that you'll have your uh, playlist ready to go? Um, that usually comes out sometime around late June, early July. Okay. I like to, you know, for instance, I've got, I had a rough draft going into yesterday. Now, how does this, you know, Chatard Northwood is a is an intriguing game. Does that take out what I had in week two? And then how does that affect the rest of the jigsaw puzzle? Yes. Because you try, or at least I try, sometimes I get some pushback, but I try to uh, create a variety of yes. what's on there. However, there are some traditional matchups. I can tell you right now, the the leadoff game to the season, I'm going to say with 99% certainty, is going to be Elkhart Central, Elkhart Memorial, because it's the last time they're ever going to play. Mm-hmm. A and year later, they're going to be uh, teammates. Just one one school. So uh, that's going to be a big deal. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm 99% certain we're leading with that. I can also say with 99% certainty that Penn and Mishawaka play in the final game of the regular season. 
and highly likely that we're going to be doing that game as well because it'll be the last time they play for about two or three years. Okay. Well, give us the inside exclusive when that does happen. Well, of course. Come on, man. Uh, what do you want to do, baseball? You want to do baseball? Well, let's. Uh, let, we can do some baseball. Cubs last night fell behind 3 nothing. Walker Bueller was dealing for the Dodgers, had thrown five shutout innings. But he gives up a base hit, and then Anthony Rizzo really works hard for a walk. So all of a sudden, Javi Baez comes up as the tying run at the plate. Let's a fastball go by. Uh, swing and a miss at another heater. So now he's down in the count 0-2. And Walker Bueller hangs a curveball about letter high, and Javi hangs it into the left field bleachers. All of a sudden, that game was tied at 3 Wrigley was going bonkers. They took Bueller out. They brought in a reliever who didn't offer much relief. Jason Hayward with a three-run homer in the same inning. And the Cubs have suddenly won 9 out of 11, Corey. And they get the win last night by a count of 7-6 to six over the Dodgers. They're just trying right now to keep pace with the St. Louis Cardinals, who have become red hot. Cardinals now 15-9 and nine for the season. They just finished off a sweep of the Brewers in St. Louis this week. So the Cubs still find themselves a couple of games behind St. Louis in the National League Central. I had about 15 friends at the game last night, and they all sent me the pictures where they were sitting. Thanks. Thanks a lot. My wife brought this up the other night. This was a fun question. I texted you kind of randomly about it. Maeda was pitching. Yes. And they had a little uh, meeting on the mound, and this young man walked out with the coach, and she goes, who's that? And I said, and I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then I was watching. I said, that's the interpreter. Yep. And she said, well, how much do you think they make? And I had to go down a little rabbit hole to find that out. That's a pretty decent little uh, living, traveling with the team, and you're the language guy. About 300000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of the deal, too, depending on how well you can speak English. The article that I read was, hey, we'll give you this amount of money, plus we'll throw in one, if not two, interpreters for you. Right. Handlers, even. Like, uh, more than just interpreter, kind of travel buddy, maneuvering, you know, life every day. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're coming from a culture and you don't know the language. How helpful would it be to have somebody who understands your culture Yeah, and yet understands American culture as well? So That'd be a cool job, actually. Yeah. 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 But you you or I would not be qualified because we've lived here all our lives so <laughs> we don't get out much no 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 uh Tigers have had a good week although they did not have a good night last night they swept a pair from Boston on Wednesday but then lost last night so Ron Garden hires team right around the 500 mark right now White Sox continue to struggle they've lost two in a row to Baltimore lost nine one on Wednesday lost four three last night and Baltimore, not exactly a strong team, last place in the American League East. So the White Sox continue to not have a whole lot of offense on this squad. Uh, Jose Abreu did have a big game earlier this week with a homer and five RBI against the Birds and a rare White Sox win. Well, let's let's stick with baseball. I just wanted to touch on the high school diamonds because uh, yesterday, a couple of very interesting results. Elkhart Memorial scores three in the seventh and beats Northwood. Also, uh, yesterday, Wawasee beats Plymouth. Uh, there are some people with Plymouth that might think it might be the first time that Wawasee has ever beaten Plymouth in baseball. 
Warriors win that one 8-5. So now if you look at the Northern Lakes Conference race, three-way tie for first in that baseball race with Northwood, Northridge, and Plymouth. And, Corey, there's some pretty good baseball played in these parts. Uh, You see a lot of our young men who play baseball able to go and play in the Crossroads League and, and to other places as well. The NIC, of course, Penn uh, continues to roll in that conference, but Mishawaka has been getting some very good pitching from Grant Jablonski and Sam Shively this year. Cavemen are certainly in the NIC race. And uh, another team, well, there's actually two teams who are ranked in Class 3A. John Gumpf St. Joe Indians continue to be strong this year. But keep an eye on this new Prairie team. Uh, the boys over in New Carlisle and Rolling Prairie are having themselves quite a season. Roman Kuntz yesterday with a homer and four RBI as New Prairie obliterates Jimtown 14-4. to Kudos to the Jimmies, though, for getting four runs because New Prairie had won their previous two games by shutouts. So the baseball in this area continues to be strong. It's not something a lot of people talk about, but very good area. And then um, on the girls' side for softball, big front-page story on the Tribune today, number one Bremen and their outstanding hitter, Aaron Koffel, their outstanding pitcher, Kalen Shively. They went to the state finals last year. They're strong again, and they beat fourth-ranked St. Joe yesterday 5-1. to one. Uh, Bremen and Penn continue to look like the class of the NIC this year. Now on to hockey. Well, hockey last night and uh, another Game 7. We've we've been able to enjoy three outstanding Game 7s this week. Uh, the one last night went double overtime between Carolina and Washington before the Hurricanes win it by a count of 4-3, to three, but uh, the wildest Game 7, and one of the wildest Game 7s I've ever heard about, Corey, occurred Wednesday night between San Jose and Vegas. <laughs> Vegas has a 3 nothing lead in this game with 10.45 to play. They are absolutely dominating the game. Corey Eakin is called for a cross-check on Joe Pavelski, the San Jose captain. And Pavelski goes down in a heap. He's bleeding. Now, there's some contention as to whether Eakin really hit him that hard or it was just that Pavelski fell into somebody and it was kind of the double hit that knocked him out. So if you are a Vegas fan, you would say, look, yes, there was a cross-check that occurred. Nobody disputes that. It should not have been a five-minute penalty in a game misconduct because the difference between a two-minute penalty and a five-minute penalty is on a two-minute penalty once the power play goal is scored person comes out of the box you're back to playing full strength five-minute penalty in a game misconduct means that for five minutes the other team gets to be on the power play and score as many goals as they can oh boy san jose scored four goals in those five (laughs) minutes took the lead Vegas got a goal forced overtime but San Jose winds up winning the game in overtime 5-4 and there's been much conjecture about how much this one call has changed the look of the NHL playoffs the thing about these NHL playoffs is very few of the favorites have won and so it's kind of a an upside down look right now in the NHL playoffs 
NBA playoffs continued last night. Houston eliminating Utah. No surprise there. The Clippers stay alive with a 129-123 win over Golden State, but everybody still expects the Warriors to win that series. And much of the criticism over the NBA playoffs have been that the first round have had no upsets whatsoever, and it's been a fairly boring first round of the NBA playoffs. I've been slightly nerdy this last week as I've looked at the movie theater seating charts for our local theaters that are completely sold out. You are fired up, as are a lot of people, over Avengers Endgame. That's right. As somebody who knows nothing about it, other than the fact that I know Avengers is a comic book series. Mm -hmm. Why is this such a big deal? Because uh, it's the culmination of the last 10 years of all the superhero movies. Because there's a thread that winds through every single one of them that leads up to this moment. Now, when you say all the superhero movies, you mean all the the Marvel universe. Starts with Iron Man back in 08. And then it works its way all the way through... But in the Marvel Universe, you don't have Superman, Batman, Justice League. DC does not know how to make a good superhero movie yet. They've had some success with Aquaman. Mm -hmm. Did fairly well with um, what just came out, DC, DC. Aquaman and... uh, Well, Aquaman was the big one of recent vintage. Yeah, but wasn't there another DC that just happened? Spider? uh, Man, I am totally drawing a blank. It's okay. But you know, it just they just don't know how to do great storytelling on that side of things. All right. This is the big one though. And it's every major actor, you know, that has played all these characters. Half of them are gone because of the last movie. Thanos snaps his finger with the Infinity Gauntlet. Half of the entire world is dead or gone or whatever. So we'll find out what happens. So my son and I are going on Sunday to the IMAX and I got those tickets literally two months ago. And uh, just for giggles, yesterday, yes. I'm just looking at the seating charts, you know, seeing what's what. And sure enough, because, local of, cinema. because of demand, they popped up another theater. The blue squares are the available ones, and the entire theater was open. I mean, I must have got it, Chuck, the moment it went up. Wow. And I said, you know what? We're going tonight. Because I'm, as you know, I like to see things first. <laughs> You're very nerdy about this. I'm very nerdy about that. So, uh, 6.15 tonight. 6.15. Three hours and so two I minutes. So, I should just start dialing the phone, 6.20, 6.25. Just keep repeat dialing. That reminds me. I had the best bicycle app about four years ago on my phone. Mm-hmm. And you could tweet me, and the app would read it back to me. Yes. And it was the most humorous bike ride ever because you would <laughs> you would do some stuff and she couldn't keep up with you i cannot find that app i deleted it you know and i've got to find that again that was one of my favorite things about a half hour into riding and it goes at 46 sports says chuck like a boo chuck you know some weird song lyric and i was just giggling so much don't do that tonight oh <laughs> was that an invitation? Was that an invitation to just do whatever I want? You're lucky I'm on a uh, I'm on a radio show. Tonight. Are you busy tonight? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's going on. Um, here's a problem I have with this whole Avengers okay. movie, and I I don't mean to make this into another Studio DNA podcast. Um, <laughs> however, three hours. Yeah. Three hours. 
tell the dang story. <laughs> Quit just sitting around stretching things out. If you can't tell the story in two hours, you know what? Your story's too dang long. Make two movies out of it. So you're saying you won't be attending no. Avengers End. Now, will Diane and TJ oh, go TJ, to this? TJ has his tickets. He's going Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. Okay. He and his posse. <laughs> maybe you could uh, maybe you could do a little voice memo on your phone, get TJ's uh, review of the movie. Oh, maybe we will. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Well, yeah. And don't ruin the end game. And we'll preface it by yelling, nerd alert! <laughs> nerd alert! This is episode 87. We've been working our way through what we would consider our favorite songs from the 80s. I am not going to argue with you or debate you. I feel you and I have landed on the same page on this one. You know, normally we just pick one song. Mm hmm. But when I looked at 1987, I said, well, give me the first three songs of the Joshua Tree album and trying to pick among those three. Well, the you, whole album. Well, yeah, but <laughs> especially the first three. Mm-hmm. When you have Where the Streets Have No Name, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, and With or Without You. I mean, bang. That's a troika right there. I remember... Uh, Getting getting out of high school class, going to the Orchards Mall in Benton Harbor, and it was the record store that was down by J.C. Penney, and I bought the cassette and the CD, Chuck, and the CD was when they were selling them back in those long boxes. Do you remember those in the 80s? They were kind of like this ugly long box so you wouldn't steal the CD. Oh, no. Yeah. And I had myself a sweet Ford Escort. And my dad mounted the Radio Shack speakers underneath the seats. Oh, wow. With a little bit of a booster. And boy, I went for a ride that night from Benton Harbor to Bridgman, from Bridgman back. I want to go with this one. I'm going to go where the streets have no name. Well, you found an area where the streets have very few names. (laughs) Come on now. Oh, man. Then I saw him that November at the, remember the Hoosier Dome? Sure. Sold out. I was weeping like a little girl when they fired this song up. Oh, this is something. Three yeah. terrific songs. You ever seen them live? No. No? No. Oh, that's, they, they play that's, longer than two hours. Well, no, that's not the problem. <laughs> the problem is not how long they play. It's how much they want me to pay to see them play. Oh, come on, Chuck Baby. I That might be my Desert Island record, too. Are you sure the Edge doesn't have dollar signs going through his name <laughs> with how much they're asking for? Woo. And, I mean, hey, I'm a capitalist. I can appreciate where they're coming from, and they can find those people to pay that money. God bless them. I'm That's not, not me. I will not reveal to you how many times I've seen them live. I will not do that at this time because I'm tired of you mocking me. How many times? How many times? Uh, I think last year was 11. Now, see, that's mild. I, I Given the length of their career, mm-hmm. I mean, this album, 1987, so that's 32 years ago. Yeah, that's when I, so, ju- that's when I jumped on the bandwagon. So 11 times. I know there are some people out there that, I mean, 
<laughs> Mike Collins, the former news anchor at 16 and 22. Didn't he chase them around? Like, no, well, I don't know no, about it them. It's Springsteen. Springsteen. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, I I would venture he might be in triple digits with how many? No. You Come on. Come on. No. Come on. Well, that about does it for this episode. I feel good about this. It's a, it's a random Thursday. We had an artist in yesterday made for some scheduling conflict. Yeah, but we had a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot today. of stuff to cover. I mean, there's there's been a ton of local stuff going on. That's what I like when we've got local things that we can talk about. And I don't have to talk about Eric Kratz, you know, from the San Francisco Giants. That's, I mean, fine human being, nothing against Eric Kratz. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that we get some Eric Kratz mentions into the show. Yes. And it also spares me. Now, I, I realize that um, uh, by tomorrow's episode, and tomorrow being Friday, if we're doing a Friday episode, I don't know. We'll see. But if we're doing a Friday episode... You, the listener, need to know that if he's going to see Avengers Endgame tonight at 6.15, it might be done by the time we're taping tomorrow's episode, number one. And number two, you're going to hear all about it except for no spoilers. No spoilers. I'll be kind. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, this. Hey. I don't want to ruin it for somebody else. The show is you and me. So you... The part that's you mm-hmm. needs to shine, and people people will listen to that, and they'll say, well, that's Corey. And then they'll hear me going, and they'll say, that's Chuck. You can always email us, thesportsyak, with two Ks at gmail.com. We're on the Twitter machine, at sportsyak, with two Ks. You can follow Chuck at 46sports. He's got a Facebook page, Facebook page all of his own as well. Boy, today, an exciting video for you to watch, his Al Pacino knowledge. Or lack thereof. Yeah, that you, was embarrassing. I should have done better on that. Well, you know that, Jack and Joe. Well, I do know Jack and Joe, and you should know it too. Until next time, sports fans. Oogaloo. This is the Sports Yet Podcast. The following has been brought to you by Rabbit Wigs and the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You've been listening to Sports Yak, all sports information. All that you've just been heard has been copywritten. Don't steal any of this stuff. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.